Lord wanted me to talk to you about um, fear. How's this thing going to go? And, um, uh, wait, hold on. Y'all just all pray in tongues. That'll get rid of fear. Listen, if you guys suffer from hopelessness, if you're getting attacked by the enemy, you know, if you just pray in tongues, that'll pretty much take care of it, right? Okay, sermon's over. Let's go home. <laughs> Woo! So, so anyway, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm just going to get up in your face, if that's okay, because I like to do that. And um, someone asked me recently, uh, they said, how do you live fearlessly? Like nothing ever bothers you. You just kind of crash through this thing and then you crash through the next thing and you crash through the next thing and you've just got this thing on you that's just this, this forward motion, this charging um, um, persona or whatever and I and and so I thought about it and I thought you know I don't even know the answer to that question desperation I don't know and and so I began to pray about it and I thought okay Lord what is it what is it that creates a son of God that is filled with tenacity and fearlessness that they will not draw back. They will not draw back in the day of trouble that we will not draw back. What is it? What is it? And I came up with this. It's the only thing that I could think of. I'm going to talk to you about more biblically uh, of how to be this way. But, but for me, guys, I, I could think of this one thing. This phrase kept going off in my head. I believe as a life value that I'm going to win. That I'm going to win. I have the spirit of the living God that raised Christ from the dead that lives inside of me. I'm going to win. Say it. Say it. I'm going to win. We got to get up and get an attitude about life and beginning to proclaim over our lives that we are winners and that we're going to win. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances in your life are. Beloved, we have got to get fierce in this. Instead of being afraid, we have to clothe ourselves in faith and believe in the word of God. So that's really what I want to talk to you about tonight. And I am riled up about this. Can you tell? So David wrote in Psalm 56, In God I will praise his word. In God I will put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. All right, so basically let's review. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? You can die. Okay, that actually for us is a really good thing. Okay, because I'm going to get my transformed body. You don't get old. You don't get wrinkly. And in your transformed body, I'm pretty sure you don't have this. <laughs> Ladies, can I get an amen? Come on. I believe that we are entering into what Daniel spoke of in chapter 12, which is the latter days and the time of trouble. And Daniel said that this trouble would be so great that all of the trouble from all of human history could not be measured to what the last days were going to look like. Well, I mean, if you review, 
what that is, if you look at human history and you look at all of what we've, we've, we've seen, we know from our history books, we know from the Bible, we know all of what the human history, all of what can possibly happen, all of the evil that could possibly happen. And it says that in the latter days, in this time of trouble, that there would be such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And this is what Daniel said. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book of life. That's the good news. The bad news is that time of trouble is coming. And so I want to talk to you tonight about crushing fear because God has presented us right now, the body of Christ, for those that have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, you are in boot camp. You're in training. It is a time where God is training us how to stand in fear. And so he's using circumstances in our life in order to train us. And if we quit whining long enough and begin to say, wait a minute, I'm, in a, I'm training, I'm in boot camp, and I'm learning how to war, and I'm learning how to do war, and how to what? Win. I'm learning how to beat the devil and how to punch him in the face. <laughs> So it says that he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride, right? Well, a pure and spotless bride is somebody that, that, that Satan doesn't have a hook in. He can't get a hook in us. That's what the pure and spotless is. Those of us that are champions of faith, those of us who have given ourselves to the training of the Holy Spirit, to the loving hands of the Holy Spirit and allowing ourselves to be, um, to be perfected in our faith, then I'm telling you, when the days of trouble come, Satan will find nothing in you so you will go in and you will advance in the last days instead of retreat and I don't know about you but I'm all about winning we're about winning right all right so we've seen wars and rumors of wars we've seen disease and pestilence right we've seen all of this and honestly, we've got 24-7 news on all the time. I don't know about you, but now, I, you know, even in what's going on in Syria, you see these guys, oh, look, they're eating people. So incredibly demonic, right? But honestly, we've, we've actually become a little callous to a lot of that, and, and so we don't really even respond to it anymore. Oh, you know, he ate their guy's liver and his heart. Yeah, watch the news. So anyway, kids, get a, get a, you know, pray, seek the Lord, watch current events. <clears throat> so anyway, so we see this violence, we see murder, we see rape, we see economies failing, we see starvations, we see people. Um, so, so, so we've seen a lot of this, right? And, and we see it on the news, and there it is on the news again, there it is on the news again. And, we, and, and, and so if he's telling us that, that in the last days that, 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 that it's going to be so bad that many hearts will fail, we know that there's something else that's coming upon the earth. Turn in your Bibles to Revelation 12, 7 through 11. Or on your smartphone. I can't do that because, as you can see, I need glasses to read. All right. 
So Satan gets thrown out of heaven. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Woo! Go, Michael. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Uh-oh. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives unto death. So we've got some good news and some bad news. Bad news? Guess what? Guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> So when he says that Satan has been cast out of heaven, so for all of human history, who's had access? You've got, your, you've got the first heaven, which is the throne. You've got the second heaven where all the demons are, you know, wreaking havoc, trying to keep your prayers from getting to, to God, right? And then and you've got the angels and the demons and they're fighting. But, but Satan has had access to the throne and we know this because he goes before God to, and to, to accuse Job and he goes before God to accuse Peter, right? And so we know that he has access to the throne to accuse the brethren, right? So, he, it says here that he's going to be thrown out of heaven. Well, if he's thrown out of heaven and comes to earth, that means that he leaves the realm of the invisible and now he becomes visible. This is not good news. <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough dealing with him when he, you can't see him. But when you can see him, can you imagine what that's going to be like for us? Jesus. When we're going to have a demonic army on the earth and they are going to have all of their minions with them. So don't you know that we've got to get about the business of getting some faith so that we can punch those guys in the face. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus said this, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has never been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. And so he's saying, listen, it's going to be shaking. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be the great tribulation. And yes, beloved, we will be here by, for the tribulation. We will not be raptured. And watch, if you want to take Matthew Esquivel's uh, class on eschatology, I recommend that. But anyway, so, so we're going to be here, number one. Number two, we're going to have a demonic army here with us. Yay! Those days are going to be shortened. Yes. And for those that know their God, they will do great exploits in that time. But he said this. Now, all of this is going to be happening. But then he said this. Then, if any one of you says, look, here is the Christ, there or there, he said, do not believe it. 
Now, he wouldn't be telling us that if it wasn't an opportunity for even the elect to be deceived in that day. Because if there's a tremendous amount of tribulation going on, what is the first thing we're looking for? I want to get out of the pain. I want to get out of the suffering. I want to get out of this place of fear. And so if you have someone that comes upon the scene and begins to decry peace, peace, I am the one that is truly the Christ. It was not Jesus, but I am the one and I can bring you peace. I can bring you comfort. And there are going to be those that do not know their God and they're so, they, they, they are so filled with fear that they will go this way in order to seek a little comfort. 2 Thessalonians talks about this in, in chapter 2 where he says that, that um, there will be a great apostasy, a great falling away in the latter days because many will be deceived by this false Christ. Even the elect. Y'all okay? Yeah. You're all like, oh. <laughs> We preach about joy. <laughs> All right. So here's really one of the reasons why I believe that God right now, what he's doing is he's raising up apostolic centers around the earth. And these are training centers to begin to train the army of God to be able to withstand this. Not only to stand in that time, but also to advance and to become laborers in the harvest. Because not only are you going to start to see the trouble and the wars happening, but you're also going to see a great harvest coming in at the same time. So, I don't know about you, but I plan on getting on that gravy train. Okay? I, I'm going to be one of the laborers. I'm going to be one of the ones that's like, hey, hey, I'm going to win this deal. You are not going to beat me. I'm going to be the one that, that wins, right? Because we're winners because who do we have on our team? Jesus. Right? Amen. We know the end of the story. All right, so there are several things that we have to do in order to have this kind of faith, this kind of radical faith, um, it, which is the opposite of fear, so that we don't fall into fear. So I was thinking to myself, okay, what do I do? What are the things that I do that keep me in? It's like almost like you have this pocket that you're in it, or that I'm in. That's how I do it. I just, I, I visualize myself where I kind of cull my life down when, when I'm presented with an opportunity to get into fear. So number one, I believe the word, the logos and the rhema. Okay. This is absolute. This is absolute truth. Yeah. I mean, you can't it, it, either. This is true. The rhema word is true, or God is a liar, and we know that God is not a liar. And so what he does is he stretches us in our faith because he's trying to get rid of all that fear in us. Yeah. And so I just take the word of God, and, and it, the word says faith comes by hearing the word of God. So Jesus, what he does is he allows us to be in these situations in order to train us. And this is what the situation looks like. It's typically like a box. And so you have four walls that are all around you. And this is what the walls are called, okay? Number one wall is called the natural. Number two is called the practical. Number three, the realistic, right? Number four, common sense. 
Okay, we're in training. Nobody's cutting our head off, so we're in training. All right? This is baby food. So, so typically, God will train you in the area of money. Right? In the area of provision. So what happens is that you have a promise over your life. Your destiny is on the other side of this little box that the enemy has put you in. And so you're thinking to yourself, I've got to get to the destiny. But most of us think if God will just send a millionaire, then we can get to our destiny. How many of you think that? Whatever. Come on. Be, be honest. We all think that. If I just had enough money, then I could get to my destiny. And so you just think, oh God, send me a millionaire, whatever. And so we spend all of our time inside this box and we see all of these walls. And all we do is we sit in the box and we whine and complain why God isn't getting us out of the box. Because we are so fearful because all of our circumstances are so practical, right? Do you hear what I'm saying, right? But God is a supernatural God. And he doesn't deal with the practical. He deals with the impossible. So, so as long as I look at this and say, well, I don't have enough, checking, I don't have enough money in my checking account to do what God's called me to do. And now I have less money this month. I had last money a month. And he promised me that I was going to have a lot of money because I got to do this thing that he told me to do. And I don't know how I'm going to go do that thing. Right? Come on, man. I'm preaching it. You know what I'm saying because I'm talking to you. <laughs> All right. So here's what I do. I take those walls and I begin to write on them. Kind of like graffiti. I write on them. I write the word of God. Here's the word of God. This is what God said. This is what God said. So I take the rhema word and I get in that place. I lock myself into that place. And I'm like, God, you said this. You said this. And I begin to prophesy. And it's the word of God that goes out and it breaks through that wall. You're waiting on God, but he's waiting on you. Do you know that God never one time, never once will he tell you that you don't have authority? Never once has he said to me, Tracy, you don't have the authority to do that. Never one time. Because I've been given, uh, that's why he died. Saved us, and then he gave us all this authority. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> So I get out my prophetic words and I begin to speak them. I get intercessors to agree in prayer. I get leadership agreeing in prayer. I circle the wagons. I begin to get in my war mode. I get, my, I get the generals in this house and I begin to pull them in. And I said, all right, we got to bust through this wall. There's that wall. I never once retreat. Never will you retreat from the promises of God over your life. Because, because the writer of Hebrews said, if you retreat, I have no pleasure in you. And so, man, it's full on going, 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 going. And we got to get uh, like a hedgehog. Hedgehogs don't look to the right. They don't look to the left. But they are hard-headed and they keep pressing in. Amen? Yeah. That's good. I'm not a lone ranger. 
I'm not. We cannot be Lone Rangers anymore. We have to have a family of champions that we are connected to in order to advance us in the kingdom of heaven. As long as I am an island, I will not succeed. But instead, God has put me in this amazing family. And I know the people here, they know how to war. They know how to pray. Right? And so I, I really, I really encourage you. We have, why do you think we have, a, we have a day school, we have a night school. We are about raising up apostles, an apostolic generation that know who they are and that can advance the kingdom. See, there's a majority when I pray because Jesus is there. And then when I get somebody else involved, whoo, got another Jesus that just walked in the room. Amen? And here's the thing. When that stinking devil comes to me to box me in with fear, when he begins to talk to me about all the practical, got to be realistic. Oh, realistic. Are you kidding me? I got a God that owns cattle on a thousand hills. Of course, I never really got that. I was like, God, really? Could we say diamonds? Yeah. Diamonds. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> John likes the whole cattle thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. If Jesus did it, then I can do it. If Jesus did it, then you can do it. He went before us to show us how. And so if he won, you can win because now he's come to live inside of you. Amen? And he is more invested in you winning than you are, believe it or not. See, he's not like what we're used to. God is not manipulative, nor is he controlling. He doesn't tell you what he thinks you want to hear. He tells you what he wants you to hear in order to advance you. He means what he says, and he says what he means. I heard a famous uh, uh, leadership trainer. He said, how we act does not determine our destiny, but how we react determines our destiny. And so the circumstances of life are presented to us, and how we react to those are going to determine how we're going to be, if we're going to be able to stand in the days to come. John always tells our kids, he said, you must decide now who you're going to be. Because when, when circumstances that are difficult come upon you, that's not when you make the decision of who you're going to be. Because the pressure will be too great and you'll, you'll actually not be able to stand under the pressure. So today is the day that you make the decision, I'm going to win. I'm an overcomer. I will not give in to fear, but I will be a champion of faith. Amen? So number two, you have to believe in the leadership of Jesus and the goodness of God. So you have to know who he is. So when, I'm, when, I'm, when I start to get crushed with fear, I think to myself, wait a minute. If God is for me, then who can be against me? And that's genuine. That's in me. I mean, it's just like there's no doubt in my mind that I got this guy on my side and he created heaven and earth. And so therefore, this, this, the, the demon has no authority over me, right? Right. 
If he so loved me that he gave his only son to ransom me from the grips of fear, then, then why, would I, why would I acknowledge that? Why would I acknowledge that fear? And I'm not talking about, look, we all have a temporary... Oh! I mean, honestly, I got to tell you, in the last days when a demon walks up to me, I might lose my breath. Or, I don't know, something. Going, need a little lotion on that face? Got some Lancome back here? Get out of my house. <laughs> but here's the thing. We have to get, like, the mind of, I'm not going to let Heidi Baker have all the fun. Amen. Right? I'm not going to let Todd White have all the fun. I want my own testimonies because these are the testimonies you're going to be telling in heaven for all of eternity. So don't you think it's a good idea that you get some? Because that's a long time. And you're going to be like, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so you were pretty good. But let me just tell you, when I was on earth, <laughs> the demons were on the earth with me. Just saying. I was the last generation. I know, right? Come on. A lot of us are afraid that we're going to miss God. We're going to afraid that we're going to miss what he has for us, right? It's like, did I hear God? Did I not hear God? And here's a great motto for you. He is more able to lead you than you are to follow him. I completely, wholeheartedly trust in the leadership of Jesus. I never, ever, ever think that I'm going to get it wrong. If he decides to make a change, he is such a good leader that he tells me, hey, heads up, there's a change coming. I'm going to give you some dreams. I'm going to send some prophets before you. And you're going to start to hear the same thing over and over again about the fact there's a change coming. Uh, he's not going to all of a sudden go, you know how I told you to do that? You are a very good follower. So you're disqualified. He never says that. He is a good father. He is a good leader. The only way that you can be disqualified is if you decide to stop. And even then, if you decide to get up and go again, he's like, all right, here we go. Come on. I don't know about some of you, but I, I, sometimes I, I've, taken a, I've taken a break. <laughs> See, here's the thing. We define ourselves by our struggle, but God defines us by the cry in our hearts. See, we think it's all up to us, and he's looking at us, and he's saying, well, if you really try hard enough, no, 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 no. He sees the cry in my heart. Even when I fail at what he's called me to do, he sees the cry in my heart and he sees the desire in my heart for him. And he's like, come on, baby, I know you can do it. I know you, I'm for you. And he sends dreams. He sends people to encourage me. He sends people to pray for me. Amen? Amen. All right. Number three, spiritual warfare. All right, so when the enemy comes in and he begins to accuse me, blah, 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 you know that voice, you're going to fail, you're not good enough, you won't have enough money, no one loves you, pastor so-and-so is better than you, you're not special, you're not chosen of God, and here's my favorite, my favorite, God didn't really say that. 
right? You get there, you got the box, you're in the box, and you're like, oh, the box. <laughs> and that voice comes in going, you didn't really hear God. That really wasn't right. And this is what you got to do. Okay, you ready? We're ready. All right. <laughs> I will punch you in the face, devil. I will win. I will punch you in the face. You have no authority to be talking to me in the first place. I am a daughter of the king. I am a child of God. You get out of my face. I will win. Come on. I'm telling you, it's to put on our boots and to grow up and quit whining and complaining. All right. God never tells you that you can't do it. He never questions whether you heard him or not. Here's what he always does. He always leads with loving kindness, showing us things beforehand. He always leads us with loving kindness. He is always very clear. And I'll tell you, I had told like for four years to start a house of prayer. That's how diligent and how faithful God is over the promise of my life. Wow. That's long suffering, right? He's like, somebody send an angel down there. <laughs> All right, number four, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is really big for Dallas. All right? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He goes on in Matthew 6.34, and he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, Matthew 6.20, But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, this is one of my biggies. Um, Jesus has called us to make God our master and treasures in heaven our priority. And really, in the city of Dallas, you know, m money is everywhere. And so there's a, there, there's a cost of living. There's a level of living in this city that will lie to you. And it will begin to steal from your destiny because it actually says you've got to have this to be successful. You have to have the appearance of wealth to be successful. But that really has nothing to do with the kingdom. And, and most of the time it has nothing to do with the call of God on your life. You know, and this isn't about money. This is, this is about the love of money. And this is something for me I struggle with a lot, even in my own heart. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I think for us in, in, in Dallas, I mean, I go to Kansas City and you just don't have this there. I go to other places, they don't have this. They have their own principality over a city, but, but they really don't have this kind of reality because there isn't a Mercedes on every corner, right? <laughs> but the thing is, is that even Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me because you are mindful of the things, you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. 
And I'll start focusing on, on a lot of the things of man instead of the things of God. And I, it's a complete waste of our time. So, so beloved, we've got to kick that demon out because it will, it will, the fear will come in if you believe in that cost of living thing. If you believe that, 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 that uh, oh, I have to live at a certain standard and anything below that, all of a sudden you've got fear because you love your stuff so much. It's like that movie, The Jerk. Don't go see it. It was a great movie. <laughs> uh, that was BC before Jesus. Yeah, come on. It's not the money, it's the stuff. <sighs> All right, number five. We're almost finished here, and then we're going to all kick, uh, kick uh, the demon in the teeth. Um, number five, sheer desperation. There's no plan B. There's only plan A. There's only one plan. The plan, God's plan is the only plan. You don't have a plan B. And so God's going to put you in a situation where it's impossible to have a plan B. And you've got to be happy with that because guess what? You're about to get a testimony of faith out of that. Amen? All right, so we're in boot camp, and we're going to kick fear in the face today. Because I want to stand in the days of trouble. You know? I want to go out in a blaze of glory. I want, I want, I want people to say, man, she was, she was like an arrow in the hand of the Lord. And, and she was, God lit her on fire and then he sent her out into the nations and the nations because of the, because of the fearlessness on her. And this is just me, but you guys have to determine what is it? What is it? How are you going to get this? How is this going to become part of your spirit, part of your, your mind, part of your will, part of your emotions where you're like, yeah, yeah. David's mighty men. We're going to be in that category. Yeah. That's who we're going to be. I'm not a fence sitter. You're not a fence sitter. Trust me, you're not in a place called the house is Rivable if you're a fence sitter. Right? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. <laughs> That's another teaching. You can get that online. <laughs> yeah. So when that false Christ comes to promise peace and prosperity... We're not going to worship him, but we're going to be the ones that are saving many, feeding many, multiplying food, raising the dead, casting out the demons. We're going to be doing the greater works. Amen? Amen.